Hello and welcome to episode number 14 of the Claire O'Sullivan podcast. Thank you so much to everyone who has listened to the podcast so far, to everyone who has liked, shared and subscribed to the podcast. I really appreciate each and every one of you. And thank you for joining me for episode number 14 of the podcast today. So this episode was inspired by one of my favorite books on habit, uh, on habit formation called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. So today I want to talk a bit more about what habits are, why they're important. I want to talk you through the, the habit loop that Charles talks about in his book. And we're going to talk about creating new habits and changing bad ones. Um, so first of all, let's dive into what habits are. So habits are defined as the choices that all of us deliberately make at some point and then stop thinking about but continue doing, often every day. Um, Habits are stored in a part of the brain called the basal ganglia. Um, So that's where all our habits that we do every day without thinking about are stored. Um, Habits are really helpful because our brains are energy guzzlers and to conserve energy, it makes repeated activities come as second nature by rewiring itself in a certain way. And then these repeated activities are habits and they emerge because the brain is always looking for ways to save effort and to save energy. And habits are so important because they make up more than 40% of the actions um, carried out each day by people. So those actions, they're not actual decisions, but habits over 40% of them. Um, So to describe how habits are formed, Charles talks about a three-step habit loop. So the three steps to the loop are cue, routine, and reward. So step number one is the cue. This um, this tells your brain to go into automatic mode and it tells you which habit to use. So the cue for someone, it might be a time like 3 p.m. It might be a place like home. It might be um, it might be the alarm clock going off. That might be the cue. The routine could be reach for um, the bag of crisps. The cue or the routine could be get the gym gear on and go for a run. Um, The routine could be um, drive home from work at a certain time. And the reward, the reward might be from the bar of chocolate. It might be that hit of sugar. It might be that nice taste of something salty. The reward might be a distraction. The the reward might be um, that sense of accomplishment after a run. Um, The reward might be how we feel. Um, So that reward helps your brain figure out if this habit loop is worth remembering for the future. If the reward is not that good, the habit might not be worth remembering. If the reward is really good, like um, the sweet taste of chocolate, then that habit is worth remembering and it gets stored in the basal ganglia. Um, 
And how we actually create new habits is because our brain craves things. Um, and as the habit becomes stronger and stronger, the brain will actually start to anticipate the reward um, and become happy before we even um, get the reward. So for example, um, if you really like salt and vinegar Pringles, when you see a box of salt and vinegar Pringles, you might actually start to salivate before you even open the box or get a Pringle. So, And that's because your brain is anticipating the reward before you even get the crisps. So somewhere along the way, we have learned that they are really tasty and that is going to be nice. Um, and then we'll actually salivate just at the thoughts or even at the sight of the box before we get them the happiness comes and like we'll salivate even if we don't end up opening the box of Pringles like just at the thought of it if something distracts us before we even get to the box that like that we, we've already anticipated the reward and the habit emerges when we crave the reward when we see the cue so maybe for a smoker they might crave a cigarette crave the nicotine hit when they see a box even before they get the cigarette and light it up. Um, and the brain stops fully participating in the decision-making. So the brain doesn't actually have to work so hard. This all happens automatically. We don't have to logically think it out in our thinking brains. And this is how new habits are created by putting those things together, the cue, the routine, the reward, and then cultivating a craving that will drive that loop, drive that three-step habit loop. So for example, when a smoker sees a cue, say a pack of cigarettes, um, the brain starts anticipating that hit of nicotine just at the sight of the cigarettes. Um, that is enough for the brain to crave the, that nicotine rush. If it doesn't arrive, the craving will grow until the smoker reaches unthinkingly sometimes for the cigarette. This can be formed with many different types of habits. So if, for example, your phone chimes and you get a message, that's the cue. The routine, click into the message. It, maybe it gives you a distraction. Maybe that's the reward that you get. Maybe you've, you're working at the laptop, phone goes off, that's the cue, open the message, nice distraction from the reward, um, that nice distraction from the work that you were doing and that distraction is your reward. So the thing is that often we will try to fight bad habits with willpower. If we don't want to eat the chocolate or we don't want to eat the crisps or we don't want to have the cigarette, we'll try and use willpower to overpower it. However, willpower isn't actually just a skill it's a muscle and it gets tired as it works harder. So there's left power, there's less power left over towards the end of the day. You can think of it like a battery. It gets depleted. The more good decisions we make during the day, the more our willpower battery gets depleted and the less capacity we have then to exert willpower to fight bad habits. Um, so we cannot depend on willpower to help us stay away from those bad habits, to help us stay away from the cigarettes. And that's something that's really important to know, because often people would say, oh, I don't have the willpower. I just lack willpower. 
But maybe you've actually used up your stores of willpower, making so many good decisions earlier in the day at work that you don't have any left when it comes to the evening. The good thing about habits is that we can create new ones um, or we can change existent bad habits. They're not destiny. They can be ignored, they can be changed, they can be replaced. However, it is also true that once a habit loop is established and a habit emerges, our brain will stop fully participating in that decision-making. So unless we deliberately fight it and find new cues and new rewards for the behavior, that old pattern will just unfold automatically without us even thinking about it. Um, So to change that old habit, what we need to do is we need to address the craving because the craving is what drives the habit. So we still need to satisfy that craving and we need to keep the old cue and deliver the old reward, but feed the craving with a new behavior or a new routine. The hard part in breaking down that loop is finding out, okay, what was the cue? And what was the reward I was chasing? So when we unthinkingly reach for the chocolate, we need to find out what was the cue? What was the reward? And then if we can insert a new behavior, instead of reaching for the chocolate, we do something else. If it satisfies the craving, um, then we can maybe make that the new habit. So to break a habit, in, in the book, The Power of Habit, Charles Duhigg suggests a four-step framework for understanding how habits work. And this is a guide to experiment with the current habits so that we can change them. And the four steps is to identify the routine or the behavior that maybe isn't serving us. Is that going to the canteen at 3 p.m. for a cookie? Okay. We experiment with different rewards. So maybe if the routine is going, getting the cookie, um, and maybe we're trying to find out, okay, what is the reward that we get from that? And then we we talk about different rewards um, or we try out different, um, try out um, different rewards instead. Um, we also need to isolate the cue, what triggered the habit loop, and we need to have a plan in place of what we're going to do next time. So step one is identifying the routine. So to understand your habit, you need to identify the components of the loops. And the first step is finding out what's the behavior that we want to change. Is it having the cigarette? Is it going for the cookie? Then we want to know what's the cue, what's the reward. And to figure that out, we'll need to do a bit of experimentation. Okay. Um, So we'll say we've identified the routine. The routine is going to the canteen for a cookie. Okay. We need to experiment with different rewards because that's, what's going to satisfy the craving. A lot of the time we won't even be conscious of what craving drives the behavior. So to figure out which cravings are driving the particular habits, we might need to experiment with different rewards. Um, so we'll say rather than having a cookie. So our habit is we go to the canteen, every afternoon for a cookie. Um, We might try a different reward. We might try going to the canteen and just having a cup of tea. We might try, um, we'll say, rather than going to the canteen for a cookie, maybe we go to our colleague's desk and have a chat with them. 
maybe we go outside for five minutes for a bit of a stroll. Um, so we're, we try different rewards and we jot down how do we feel after the reward. So we're trying to figure out what was that behavior of going to the canteen for the cookie? What, like, what, was, what reward was that giving us? Was it giving us a distraction from the desk? Was it that we were hungry and it was satisfying hunger? Was it that um, we chatted to our friend when we were there and it was just that bit of social interaction that we were craving? Um, was it just that we couldn't concentrate anymore and we needed a bit of a break from trying to focus and trying to concentrate? When we try those different rewards, come back to the desk, write down how we're feeling, what we're kind of thinking. Um, and that kind of makes us become more aware in the moment of what's going on. And then we'll say, maybe we set an alarm for 15 minutes time and see how are we thinking and how are we feeling then? Um, and do we still have that urge at that stage um, to go for the cookie? Um, so that's going to be step two. Step three is going to be isolating the cue. So often there's so many things going on when our behaviors unfold that we don't even know what, like, what was the cue that kind of started it off. And the cues can fit into five different categories. The cues could be a place. It could be a time. It could be an emotional state of how we were feeling. It could be because other people were around. Um, so what are like, what are the different like what what's the cue that always triggers our routine what are the common things um so then step four is going to be to have a plan so once we have figured out our habit loop we can then try and shift the behavior we can try and change the routine by planning for the cue so if we figured out that the cue is 3 p.m in the evening so we're planning what are we actually going to do when 3 p.m. hits? And we choose a different behavior that delivers the reward we're craving. If we figured out our reward was actually just a distraction from the desk. Okay, our plan, when 3 p.m. hits, we know we're going to be craving um, a break. We go and we chat to our friend. We go and we go outside. We see what actually satisfies the craving for us. And that's going to be hugely powerful. And we can use this loop when we're creating any new habit. So we'll say, if you are someone who wants to be able to run in the morning, create a cue. So what's the cue? Is the cue having um, the gym gear out at the bottom of the bed? When you get up in the morning, you see that that's your cue. The routine, out the door, go for the run. The reward is maybe um, that feeling of accomplishment or the rush of endorphins we get after a run. So we can use that to um, reinforce this um, new habit um, and make it something that just happens automatically then. Maybe you want to be the person that goes to the gym after work. Maybe your cue is having the gym bag in the car. You get out to the car, you see the gym bag. Okay, that's your cue. Routine, go to the gym. Reward, feel amazing for the evening. And you always, and like you want to, consciously think about that at the start and then you want to get to the point where you're actually craving it you're craving that accomplishment you're craving that rush of endorphins and that's how we set up a habit then for ourselves
and why habits are so important is that it comes back to one of my favorite quotes from Aristotle. And the quote is, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. Okay. No one achieves excellence by doing one thing one day. Excellence comes from habits, what we do repeatedly. So that is everything that I wanted to share with you guys today on habits. I hope that helped. If you enjoyed that, you should definitely go check out the book, The Power of Habit. So thank you so much, everyone who has listened to me for episode number 14. I'll catch you all in episode number 15.